0: My goal is that this is very uh, seamless editing for you. Perhaps the easiest one that you've ever done.
1: (laughs) Perhaps, perhaps.
0: But I doubt it. I doubt it. (laughs) But those sound effects are not going to insert themselves.
1: (laughs) How else are YouTube clips magically going to get in there? By me (laughs) staying up till 2 o'clock in the morning and then getting so frustrated after I upload the thing that I'm so tired that I forget to make album art. Oh, Luke, why don't you tell people the good news that's coming into the mail, came into the mail already, and uh, will come into the mail tomorrow.
0: Man, this is going to be so hard to say only uh, clean things because something really dirty came to my mind. I was I was like, uh, nope. So uh, <laughs> I got a, a like a little power box. I'm not sure what you call it, but uh, a little cool box and a cord that's going to plug into my new, brand new, spanking new Kick Booty microphone.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I uh because of our Patreon supporters, um we garnered enough cash flow to purchase for Luke a new microphone, a new Focusrite uh little breakout USB box. So the microphone connects to the Focusrite thing and then it's a USB connection to the computer. Really great products and
0: they work for me. That's what I use. Thank you, Patreon supporters. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I like. I really had a moment of uh, profound gratitude, and uh, it was arousal. Just... <laughs> no, I actually had a funny joke that I was going to send you when I got it, but I did not because you know, I'm keeping the PG tonight. Um, so I'm going to sneeze really quick. I'm so sorry, everyone. Mute. Oops. Did he get to the mute button? He did! He's muted, ladies and gentlemen. Now we can talk about him behind his back. <laughs> was so, I, was like, I, was like, I was like, I'm about to hit the mute, and then I started to sneeze. I was like, oh, that's really awkward and weird. <laughs> mute! Mute! <laughs> anyways, uh, to all of our people who support us on Patreon, I am so incredibly humbled and blessed and grateful. So, thank you. Yeah, and speaking of supporters, we have a wonderful
1: advertiser that we're working with, great product, great company. Uh, friend of mine, uh, and friend of the show, fan of the show, uh, Edmund Mitchell reached out to us and this is now the third week that we're doing the ad for LumaBox. It's Lumabox.co slash catching foxes. You gotta add that slash catching foxes because it'll take you to a special landing page where they'll be like, Oh wow. Going on catching foxes, advertising with them magically gets us a million new thingies since we sell stuff, you know? Isn't that how it works, Luke?
0: And uh, you can also, when you buy the really cool stuff, you uh, type in the coupon code catching foxes and you get 10% off. All so. one word. All one word catching foxes for ten for ten percent off. So what is what is like a Luma box?
1: It is a subscription box that you can get in one month, three month, or twelve months. Luke, I'm so glad you asked, and it's filled with old used Christmas lights. Hence, Luma box.
0: Yeah, so you get a box of that, and you're like, <laughs> wow, I'm supporting a millennial enterprise, <laughs> and you put on your uh, Warby Parker glasses mm-hmm. glasses then you cut up your brew, your blue harvest uh food and then you order your one, like, then you play with your sci-fi box toys that you get from that one thing. And that's on the, the Nerdist and you're good to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. While you eat your nut butters and uh, drink a kale smoothie, but no, so a Luma box helps support Catholic artists because they source all these like great different stuff for up and coming artists and musicians and stuff. They put them in this monthly subscription box because life is better when it's filled with beauty. And so it's an excellent way to support a wide range of Catholic artists. And, uh, and different creators and all that stuff. So it's really cool. It's a great idea from very a very hipster couple. And uh, yeah, so we want to thank LumaBox that's lumabox.co slash Catching Foxes uh, for supporting us. Uh, so go there, go check out their website, and then go to uh, when you're checking out Catching Foxes all one word for that ten percent that
0: sweet ten percent off. That we call that the Catching Foxes dis bump. <laughs> that was I'm sorry. Everyone. I am so sorry.
1: Boo, Luke. Boo. boo. You had boo. true love. Boo.
0: You yep, killed it. <laughs> you waterboarded it? Is that what you just said? No, I know. I said something worse. <laughs> I said you... that. Why would you go there?
1: I don't know. You told me I, I wouldn't know. have to edit this podcast. I don't know
0: why I said that. Luma <laughs> box for sponsor for the last time. Yeah, yeah well, we're going to be editing some of this shit out, so uh <laughs> sorry. That was at the uh 5 minute mark for <laughs> right there. Yep, yep.
1: That was the old Luke. That was the old Luke. This is the new Luke. The PG so, Luke.
0: This is the, this is the uh this is the Disney Luke with the big wide eyes and the round body parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many jokes I want to make. So, anywho, Luke,
1: uh, you got a big event coming up, right? Do you have a thing yeah, you got
0: came- a very very big conference that I put on next week called Abide. I'm very excited. It's actually it is, in my opinion, one of the coolest things happening in youth ministry right now that nobody really knows. And I'm I'm not. It's not. It's not. Because of me, it's uh, all my oh, buddy, man. Brad.
1: Oh, yeah. Nothing nothing to do
0: with you at all. <laughs> I was uh, like, there are times I'm like, holy crap. Who is in charge of this thing? This stuff really has got to get done. I'm going to go complain. Oh, my gosh, it's me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have no one to complain to. Oh, crap, I'm an adult.
0: You mean I'm supposed to get this stuff done now? Oh, that's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> this is going to be difficult but with all my Facebooking.
0: <laughs> I probably should have done this When I was trying to find um, <laughs> Infinity Wars rumors <laughs> You know, it was... know
1: what is so hard You know what's so hard for me
0: Okay so I give For this movie because it's going to be so freaking sweet
1: Yes but I give talks I give a lot of talks at my church Right mm-hmm. And I have to prepare for these talks Generally by reading A bunch of stuff and figuring out my thoughts you And stuff What? No, no, I didn't say anything.
0: Mm. I didn't do air air quotes just then. Run the word prepare.
1: Fair enough. But, so lately, I've been, I want to do a series of, like, pre-evangelization type stuff, which means uh, answering atheist objections, agnosticism, world religion stuff. And so I'm doing all this research, and it's so funny because I have all these books in my house, I have a handful of books in my office. Some are popular. Some are more academic. And I'm reading these things, and I'm like, should I should I just save reading this stuff for work? And then when I'm at work and I'm actually literally doing research, I feel so guilty that I'm not emailing. You know what I mean? Like, or or I'm not typing out a talk. Like, if I'm not clickety clacking mm-hmm. on a keyboard, I feel like I'm not working. So the That's other a day, I, I I know I know but the other day I went to. I went. Out, I did it on my lunch break because that's kind of like how I'm negotiating this. I'm like, well, I'll do all this reading and research, but I'll do it on my lunch break. So I'll just take an extra long lunch, and I'm kind of double dipping. But it's literally for work. But I still, I don't know how to deal with that. How do I reconcile?
0: Well, you just basically have to say, screw the man, and you have to say, what would um von Balthasar do? And he'd be like, go and read stuff. Go and. Commune with God. Don't answer email. That's stupid. Yeah, and then he would say,
1: "Uh, do theology on your knees. Pray just as much as you study.
0: And I'd go, ha, 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 no. And then then I'd be like, is anyone in hell? Probably not. And he'd be like, (laughs) dare we hope, dare we hope. (laughs) Uh, Pump the brakes. (laughs) Uh... He's
1: not a universalist.
0: It makes Luke very uncomfortable that you're a priest in a suit. <laughs> now, he is a Jesuit, so there's that. Uh, but yeah, That's true. Uh, uh no, 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 you know what? It's it's funny because I think in minute like I have I know we talked about this ad na- ad nauseum, so let's keep going. Uh I mean like let's just like, keep talking about it. Uh that's what we do dead horses here, everyone, dead horses. Um, like your
1: community your, groups, sorry, <laughs> you said dead horses. I got
0: <laughs> um, like, what are you laboring t- towards? You know, and like, that's what, like when you do work in like with, you know, in the ministry, it's, it's, a. Uh, I really honestly tried to even stop calling it work or just view it as work. But what am I'm trying to labor for? Who am I trying to labor for? It's for, the people in this one at G- geographical area, you know, or f- to give to give glory to God. Now, I will say a way that I think part of it is by like you know like answering emails and doing things like that, but that's not what you're being paid for. You know, you're being in my opinion you're being paid for your time to bring those people to like deeper union with Christ.
1: All right, let me ask you a question right along those lines.
0: Let me interview you. Uh, Mr. Carey. Oh, he's back, everyone. Hi, everyone. Uh, How about that USA game, huh? That was great. (laughs) Anywho. It's good to be back. uh, Good to have you back. Longtime fan,
1: first-time caller. Um, If I – I always view youth ministry today as the church's response to the failure of parents. Right, you know what I mean, right? It's it's not entirely that, but mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways, like the church has always had. I, sh- I shouldn't say this. The church has not always had things like CCD, CCE, faith formation, parish school of religion, blah 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 blah. A lot of this stuff has grown up since like the French Revolution, but the church has o has always tried to has often had ways of educating young people with the parents, but it's always had the doctrine parents you are the primary educators of your children. In fact, the church's teaching on sex is you can't have the church's teaching on sex without marriage and you can't have the church's teaching on sex without the notion of educating children. So it's the procreation and education of children. So that's always been a parent thing. But I always used to say this to parents. I would say, I'm your supplement not your replacement, but I if if the youth minister's job is to love the kids and to teach them the faith, then we are hired to do the role of parents in this one context.
0: Ooh, I don't agree with that. Right. Okay. Go on. Um, I think that on the parish, on the parish-like level, you're an extension of the pastoral responsibility of the priest for that parish. Right, right, right. By the parish, I mean the, the geographical boundaries. So what are the responsibilities of the priest? Like, and like one line. How would you put that? Uh, governance, sacraments, and preaching. So um, I don't know what you mean by governance, but uh, good, good, <laughs> sir. Well, I mean, like I do, but I'm like, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know what that word meant. I just don't quite understand it in that context. But like, I would say the responsibility of the pastor is to bring those souls to Christ. so They could be in deeper for the salvation of their souls. So that's what you're doing now. It is the parents primarily. It's their, uh primary res- responsibility to do that. But I have a big problem when people in youth ministry try to be their parents or say, you know, like you're right, right, right. It's like, I think that's a very distinct difference. Now, I think a priest would like respect because like, uh, so it's kind of like you're there to be like you are the servant of of all to quote Aaron Weiss. Oh if you know you could become if, if I could become the servant of all. Sorry, anyways, no. All right. Uh, yeah 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 no I was just oh. I was
1: waiting for you to finish so I could say the line which is uh if I could become the servant of all there is no lower place left to fall.
0: Yeah. You know and so like and, and like why so let me just think really quick. Why are you not there to basically like take on the role of the parent in that context, because you're not the parent. And so you're doing your thing with the, with the with the responsibility given to you through the extension of the pastor. Now I'm not going to say that you are the priest, but you are partaking in his, you're trying to bear part of that re responsibility in this one area towards youth. And so I really, Like, how can, I mean, I mean, it's good if you, I mean, like, obviously you want this to be on top of what the parents want, obviously, you know, so uh, you should not do anything that's going to pull the kids away from their parents. That's really bad. That's really bad. That's really bad ministry. But how can you create a quote unquote program that's going to be a good thing on top of, you know, tens of thousands of different parents? Like you can't do that. That's right. not possible. Right. So I mean, I I, I I think it's with the understanding that is the parents' job, and they are are doing that. But like you're offering this thing to help kids get closer to Christ, which hopefully all parents want. Because I just I mean it's 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 like because like that was kind of like the the like hot idea, right? Like five or. 10 years ago was, let's... I mean, it's 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 actually been the idea since the like, 1990s. Like, how do we serve all of the families? And that's good. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of think that you can't. I, th- I think how you do that, by has been not trying to replace them, just be what you are supposed to be, which is someone who just helps teens come to encounter and love Jesus Christ.
1: Okay. Now, my problem is... The what what I'm what I'm growing in an awareness of my problem. I always wanted to support parents in their vocation as parents. And so, you know, I would have conferences when kids are in trouble and I would connect with the parents and just try to reiterate what the parents want and if, if it's a good thing. Um because I'm not I'm not a parent, but you know, you have that just when you get that second voice, you know, that's not a parent, all of a sudden the kids are like, that's a really mm-hmm. good idea, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So you always try to do that. But then there is this. This notion that I think is is really terrible. We love to segregate everyone all the time. We take young adults and we pull them away from the community and isolate them. We take youth and we isolate. We take high school students from the middle school students from the elementary students from the preschoolers and everyone's away from their parents. And adults go over here, we got men's groups and women's groups. And I think there's plenty of awesomeness there that you can do and accomplish when you're focused on one group. But I think it is a one, a reflection of the culture rather than of what the church needs, namely the kind of Germanic models of education that we've adopted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the abandonment of the schoolhouse for these regimented industrialized assembly line kind of approach to education that we've had for the last two hundred years. Modernism. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean the Dewey decimals, I mean Dewey, John Dewey was the the guy that basically gave birth to modern education in America in so many ways in the 1900s and stuff. But this this notion of we constantly separate kids from their parents constantly and I think there's some good in it because you can give catechesis appropriate to their age. There's some bad in it. You're divorcing the exercise of their faith from the life of their parents, right? Uh, and there's plenty of, like, neutral stuff in there, like, you know, some good, some bad, depending on the kid or the family or whatever. But I do think on net, it is – we have to be more creative about involving the family. And I don't just mean mom and dad. I mean brothers and sisters, too.
0: That's – so are, are are you talking about youth ministry specifically?
1: I'm talking about parish life
0: across the board. Parish life – oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, honestly, I think that um... –
1: Which means youth ministry because what – how do kids have contact with the parish when they're in high school except in youth ministry, right? There's mass. There's youth ministry. Maybe they're mm-hmm. an altar server. Maybe their Boy Scout or Girl Scout troop meets on the campus, right? Mm-hmm. But,
0: you know, I think but that— there's, there's no real other way.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of parishes— there are other
0: ways, but there's nothing.
1: Yeah, a lot of parishes do whole family catechesis, or they'll—you know, there's all these different, different uh, catechetical models that address the whole family— at St. Lawrence Church where I was at, there's a wonderful program. Can't remember what it was called, Families in Faith or something like that. Uh Five Iron Frenzy, F I F. Um they they that was cool. I like that. The people, the families that went, like it was so difficult to get a new family in there because the families that have been in there loved it so much they never left.
0: Do you think we spend too much time in cate- doing, cate- doing catechesis? doing
1: Doing cats, yes. Doing catechesis, pro. Well, what do you mean, I mean by it, doing catech? You mean yeah, instead of doing initial proclamation?
0: Or- I'm, okay, so no. Well, okay, this is actually this really ties into to some the stuff I, I want to to, uh, to talk about. Let, let's take Pope Paul the evangelization in the modern world. Use that as early reference point. So, like when he talks about. How do we evangelize? He puts an emphasis on proclamation, but he says these other areas are extremely important as well. You, you know, have like yeah. witness. You have evangelization of the culture. You have the oh gosh, wow. but he puts this in this really beautiful way. But I'm drawing a blank. Basically, says like it, it has to basically transform a person's humanity and there's a few other areas that I'm drawing a blank on as well. I, I think uh ha, like oh um one is I think developing apostolates I think or or, or like, you know like going out there and doing things that have some type of initiative attached to them. Um, basically it's not just so or or if you take acts 2, to acts to 42 we spent so much time on the proclamation slash learning. And I think that there are other areas that the church needs and actually must speak, uh, speak, uh, speak to, because if not, we're just, then we just um, continue to consume, we, we just consume stuff. And the best way to, you know, do that is to be your own isolated group over here there's no real like shared experience of the church and of christ and of catholicism besides like besides mass pretty much i think we spend too much time trying to learn about the church as opposed to experience what it is like being the church or to just be the church
1: Ooh, i like that i like that i'll go with that dog i'll go with that
0: unpack that for me unpack well, that no, cuz like we just spend time saying oh that like you know cuz we like what we're trying to do is unpack everything that was lost after like the collapse of like you know um all the modernism stuff yeah so we're trying to say oh but the church has this beautiful little like we're trying to unpack and and uh, and, uh, and unpack and understand all of the teachings of the church which i think are like awesome and great but how often do we actually try to live that you know like if if i was a pastor one of the first things that i would do is i would have um a group to help people who are addicted to sex yeah because it's so prevalent yeah 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 you know and and it would not would you do a a 12-step
1: group or would you do celebrate recovery or what
0: Oh, I have no idea. This is this is all just, I I don't know. Oh, you know, oh but, this is Luke Dreamland time. Okay, I'm down, I'm down. No, but like, like I'm yeah, but, I'm know, I'm some kidding. type of, uh, you know, but like something that like, you know, that really walks with people and what they're doing with, as opposed to saying, here's what the church has, has, uh, like, basically, I think a bunch of our, like, what we do right now is we're trying to change people's mind. Yeah. We're trying to say, listen, isn't the church great here's why and that's good but there's so much there's like and we just get rid of all of the lived experience of like we don't be the church we don't just like how many of us have like every program we do has some stupid like name attached to it and it's about it's just we don't ever just like be together you mean like abide (laughs) exactly no but like no is that what you mean like a conference has a fun name and a Oh yeah, like and it's and it's always about like how often at a parish do we just you know if we do have a if we do have like a big party it's always to like raise money or stuff we just don't have a big thing just to do a thing and just to be together.
1: Well, I would say especially uh, a lot of rural parishes or parishes with a strong ethnic identity will do things like that, or they just celebrate the life of the. Now you're right; some places do do it as a way to make money. Uh, like I'm sure the Greek. Festival made a, a plenty of coin for that church. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but the uh, we what's do this? our what's
0: this? I don't know, sir. You're scaring me.
1: <laughs> the uh, why was that guy the first face you see uh, going <laughs> to check out an Orthodox church? It should be not even the last face that never. Um, but the we, I mean, we have a Saint Anthony of Padua festival. There's plenty of churches that have like bazaars and. Things like that, I'm, where we're, no, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like the whole purpose of it is not to make money; it's to build and establish bonds. But you know, this is a part. This is a part of the thing that I, I get like all pissy about with community stuff. Is um, there used to be things like uh, com- community baseball teams? You mm-hmm. know, with the men, the softball, right? Where the men, that go drink a few beers, and they all get oh. together, and then they all go play a softball
0: league for just. Yep. Just it was old like, people, yeah. The uh, There's a really great book about this that I got called Bowling,
1: uh, alone.
0: Bowling Alone. Yeah, and it basically just talks about how, like, across the board, I'm, I just got into it, it, but in basically 20, like, 20 years ago when we were starting high school, all of these community groups, for lack of a better term, just started to die. Yeah, yeah. Know, you're you had like a knitting club or this like card playing group that have been around for the you know one hundred years there's they're they're now done and gone. Yeah. Like would you ever join a uh gosh, I don't even know the name of these things. Like an elk club or <laughs> or moose lodge. Yeah, yeah. Like Yeah, <laughs> yeah those are those
1: are fr- those are fraternal societies. And what killed there used to be Tens of thousands of fraternal societies in America. And the purpose of them was to, number one, build community. But number two, it was to safeguard widows and orphans in case the man died. Right? There's a handful left. The Knights of Columbus is one of them. Um, but those things like the Elk Lodge and the Moose Lodge, or the Elks and the Muklos, Moose Lodge, those were huge. Those were huge. Also, the, um, oh, what is that place? Oh, man, it was in Steubenville, and I had never heard of it. Before and every time I saw it, I was like, "Is that like a biker bar?" The American Legion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I had I have never heard of or seen an American Legion anything until I'd I went to but, Ohio.
0: Didn't and, know I'd always heard of it, but I had no idea what they did. Yeah, they I mean, existed.
1: Yeah, and the the reality is, like in most small towns. Like the, the parade, which everyone went to, the parade would uh, either start or end at the American Legion. Or, you know, it's like start at Town Hall and end at the American Legion. And these were things that were so much a part of their community. And I was just listening to this one guy talk about, uh, he said, you know, growing up, we, you know, when we would go to like lakes and beaches and stuff, they were, they were never kid-friendly places because all places were kid-friendly places. Right, He said that's the difference between today and then is everything was kid-friendly because everything was about families, mom and dad. People aren't even getting married anymore, or if they get married, they're not having kids then. You know, like, it's this crazy total shift And he's like, literally the whole, your whole social life, other than, like, bars and establishments like that, was built around, like, everything was kid-friendly and adults acted accordingly. So when you had a bunch of foul-mouthed people – you knew that they were ruffians, right? You knew that they were going to be a problem. But today, when I go take my kids out to a restaurant and people are, you know, dropping F-bombs and talking loudly and all that stuff, it's just culture today. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, and I think.
1: And they drive <laughs> too
0: fast down my street. Get off <laughs> my lawn. screaming at cloud. Well, because I, I think, like, what we're getting to is one thing that has come up. Time and time again on this podcast, which is like the art of living.
1: Oh, I thought it was and governance. I, I'm sure it's not <laughs> governance? Okay.
0: And you know, just, just showing, on, like, what is this the best way to live? And I think when you look at evangelization in the modern world, and we talks about how we must like I think we tend to misinterpret the culture part and I could be totally wrong about this to just mean the culture as a whole, but I think that starts within our own homes or our like, own, like, like what's the culture of your life? What's the culture of your own family? What's yeah. the culture of your house? Um, what's the culture of your church? Like change that, do things for the, for like try to um evangelize that and then just go from there and don't really worry about the culture as a whole, because it just, it's all like popular culture in America is always a reaction. It's very like reactionary based to like some thing, some idea, some trend. And we've really kind of like, we've like gone full steam ahead into the 20, into the, to the, to the, to the 21st century. Now Like we're in it. Yeah. And, uh, it's only going to change through people's ideas. And so it's only, you know, it's going to be a, like, if you, I'm mean, like, honestly, if you want to change the culture as a whole, just worry about yourself and your own family and your own church and your, um, a community and just let it be. Cause it, cause it will, it absolutely will, but you can't, I don't think, I just, I don't, I don't think you can change an entire country's, no culture you know yeah so no no
1: one of us can because there also is not there are aspects of culture that stretch across the whole board for for in the united states like there are certain things that you just can't get away from but there is no real one culture that sums us all up right it is a mishmash of of Thousands of subcultures and some bigger, some smaller, all that stuff. I would say I have, Luca. are you ready for this? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Prepare your heart. I have four principles. Mobile. Four principles. Okay? And I want you to tell me, uh, I'm going to go through just real quick all four, and you tell me if this is, this is uh, the, the right way to go. Okay. Number one, the new evangelization is about, quote, the art of living. Number two. Uh, that it is about smallness, the mustard seed, uh, great the little way of spiritual childhood of Saint Teresa of Lisieux, right? The smallness, mm-hmm. focusing on the little, not the the national or whatever. Third is personal holiness, aka ongoing conversion, and then lastly is contemplation or contemplative action. Okay, those four characteristics is how the renewal of a parish, and all I care about is a parish, is going to happen. Right. So you think about it. I'm thinking.
0: Art of Hmm. living,
1: right? So you teach Christian morality in a way that's rooted in happiness, that's guided by grace, and that is full of virtue,
0: right? Well, yes, sir. Okay. I agree. But does the art of, does it have, and this is, hmm, I don't like how I'm going toward this. Do you think that saying that it's, is it just a, about like um, all the morality stuff or is there more to it than, than just that? Because part of that to, you know, to me is just about um, is it better to be like morning person or to be someone who goes to bed early?
1: Oh uh, No, this is what I think it means. OK, number one, it's the art of living, not necessarily the science of living. And I think See, today, um, I think today, go ahead. Will you let me finish, damn it? Right. So I think <laughs> today, there's so much emphasis, especially like in the Catholic Church, right? We emphasized for so much. That life was about obedience to the natural law. These are the deductive methods that we apply the natural law to. Da, 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 da. And then we did the little mon to St. Thomas Aquinas, and we discovered oh, look, he only talks about the natural law in Questio 92 or whatever it is in the Prima Secundae. And in fact, the entire Secunda Secundae of the Summa Theologica is literally just virtues and vices. That virtue has more, obviously, there's shio there's knowledge this knowledge component to it science but the art of living is especially oriented towards what the greeks would call like erit excellences mm-hmm. and there is uh you know and and that way the art part demands tradition that you're standing in how do i become excellent in courage how can i be courage on the battlefield how can i be courageous as an artist, a musician, a singer, that's inherent to the art form that I'm doing, right? So you got to look at not just art artists who are jerks and don't and are irreverent, but what does it mean to be courageous in art? You know what I'm saying? So that's why we would say it's the art of living. It's life and not just morality, but morality is a part of life,
0: right? Yeah, no no, no yeah, yeah. And that's why I was a little bit yeah. hesitant. But like I just mean that I think you have to start from the top and go all the way down. Like what's because I think what has gotten like lost, and I've and I've it's only really been in the past two to three months I've started to really understand this or really trying to contemplate this is what is that the the clothes that I that like I wear what does that have to do with a morality Yeah, and I think that I think that they are linked. Yeah. And I, and I really don't, don't like mean just, you know, just like I'm going to hide my boobs. No, I mean, I, I mean like, why was it that 100 like, years ago, this is based off an article and this is actually a really great article in first, the like first things journal. Why do people wear, you know, button downs and ties to baseball games? You know, you would dress up anytime you were out of like public. And when I went to, I went to two games this past week and I just wore like jeans and a, uh, Pulitzer didn't really think twice about it. You know, I didn't care about how I looked all that much. And I think that those things, there's a link there and we've, and we've really re we have rejected the practicality stuff. And so we just like, and so, well, no, like basically our parents and our, grandparents did and so like we're kind of left going like well then like why should, like why like why do i need to wear like a suit in the office why does why is that important yeah. so i'm just not going to you know and so i i don't, I don't know if I, i'm not really painting a very good picture here so no it I'm sucks sorry and that. i don't know
1: where you're going but just remember <laughs> let's tie it back to mad men Remember Don Draper with his family before the divorce? Donnie D. Dean. When they went to the park to eat and they had a picnic?
0: And they just threw the food everywhere, those bastards. Yeah, but it's so funny. They just
1: shook off the thing. I know. Um, but think about this. What was he wearing? Do you remember?
0: Yeah, he was, oh, of course. Do I ever. Isn't I believe it,
1: but it No, I just want to say, isn't it funny how him relaxing at a picnic with his family, everyone got dressed up for it? You know that they, they might he might have worn shorts and they might have been extremely short shorts, but you got dressed to go relax. Mm-hmm. You know um, that famous story recently of um, a teenager being denied access to United to a United flight. We came like three days after they dragged the guy out um, because she was wearing tights instead of. Pants or a dress, and all these people are like, "How dare you do this to a woman? Oh, you pervert, sexualizing every inch of a woman's body." Blah blah blah. But it's because in first class you have a dress code, and these women were writing, these teenagers were writing standby because you know their dad or mom was a pilot, and so they have they're writing standby. But as my friends who are pilots or children of pilots, they all tell me you have to class up because there is a dress code in first class. Especially for relatives of the uh, of uh, employees, and so um, there is that. I mean, I, people used to dress up all the time just to ride in first class. So the other day, I got bumped up to first class because I'm a frequent flyer and it was an empty flight. And so I immediately reached into my carry on and pulled out a collared shirt and put it on. I was like, "Woo! Good thing I had that handy," uh, because like you're supposed to be classy in first class. You're supposed to have some class in first class, right?
0: But I, but uh, and how this, yeah, I, I agree. But I think how it ties into the art of living is we need to understand, okay, why? Yeah. Because if not, that it really is pointless. You know, like I don't get dressed up when I go to mass, and I used to actively not do that in college because I'd be like, well, I, well, I don't give a shit crap. Like I don't like. Why do like Why do you care how I look when um, I go to mass? And I'm starting to understand. That like why that was a that why that unlike um, was a thing and why that wasn't because it ultimately goes back to a who but if th- but if like that why isn't is not understood and really yeah. if if i don't in if i don't in to internalize that then it's utilitarian and pointless, yeah and yeah but i just...
1: I think what's what okay let's let's hang on this a little bit longer I, I remember I was talking with a woman who said. I hate going to the Novus Ordo mask because everyone there is so informal. And I said, America is informal. No one wears suits anymore unless you're, like, a lawyer or a day trader or something. Like, very few people really wear what we would consider formal work attire at all anymore. Um, Corporate jobs, whatever. There's very few jobs where that's required. And when it's required, I'm sure it's seen as, like, ugh, this is a burden, you know, Mm -hmm. um, But I would say all of America has become, in in the Western world, has become much more laid back, uh, informal. And I think you use the word utilitarian. I would say that it's the opposite that's utilitarian. What's utilitarian now is, well, why do I need to put on a tie? I don't need to. That doesn't make sense. I'm going to a baseball game. What I need to be is dress comfortably, and that's it. You know, and I think, I think one or, are... now I'm not advocating wearing a, a suit to a baseball game, which if we've seen, and I think we all have a league of their own, all the men in the stands are all in suits. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, I think I mean, that you this still...
0: used to be my playground. <laughs> this used Sorry. to be my childhood. My- There's no crying at baseball. That's such a That's such a good, that is a great, I love that song. It's a good Madonna song.
1: <laughs> good job, Madonna. Then you went crazy. Oh, wait, you already were. Um. Vogue. Sorry. Go on. But you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, like, I think yeah, it's no, more I, utilitarian I, yeah, now. Right, it's just right. what That's surrounded right. it is I, a I mean, more informal thing. So it's like, well, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to put on my sweatpants. Well, I'm going from the gym over to, you know, this public thing. Well, I don't care. I'm just going to keep my sweatpants on. Oh, I'm going to go pick my kid up at daycare and a sports bra. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't matter because... I'm just picking up my kid. I don't need to get dressed up to no, pick up my true. kid, you know. And that's you see that all all over the place. And one thing that
0: I'm that I'm that I'm also trying to, to understand is that the action has to come first, and that like motivation or the why will be understood afterwards.
1: I just like this image of you refusing to dress nice for church. I just
0: get so pissed off at people at school.
1: That's so funny. So to me.
0: About that I know because I just don't like being controlled or told what to do. So and I just felt like it was like oh you always get dressed up for Mass on on a Sunday but like that's what you I was like yeah you should always go with, you know bleep 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 yourself would, you how know, much of that be all moody and storm off
1: right honestly how much of that is rooted in this ideological stance and how much of it is rooted in screwed I just want to be comfortable and I'm not gonna go get all dressed up
0: um, I mean like the, the, like honestly honestly well um, okay so I'd probably say 80-20. So it's when like I just want to like when I'm doing it I just don't care I just want to be c- comfortable. But it was when I was told about things or when people would bring that up that was when that, that other twenty percent would like you know pipe up and go no don't don't tell me oh uh, 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 don't like tell me what I should do now I'm just now I'm just not gonna go so I just wouldn't go for a bit. <laughs> <sighs> You're so yeah. funny. You're so funny. Yeah. So, Luke Wonder Woman, huh? Not not bad. Yeah, not good. No, I thought it was good. It's not great.
1: Mm. Uh, the more I ponder, the less I like. And I have not read reviews. Usually you know reviews what? totally change my mind. I, I have actually... <laughs> right? I'm like, this is what I... Th- okay, here's my deal. I am such a fan of going to the movies that I instinctively love...
0: Movies more than they deserve. Wait, wait. Uh, do you want to blow the spoiler horn? Uh, brrr, brrr. Drama check. <laughs> so, <I> would... okay. <laughs> so I'd say if uh, I'm going to give us five minutes to, to talk about this. So skip ahead five, five minutes. if You don't want to be okay. Spo- no, spoiled for Wonder Woman. Go on. Sorry.
1: The, the <laughs> The opening was great. The whole beginning of her life that you see in the previews, great. I love the whole scene on that island,
0: Mm -hmm. and World War Two stuff. I'm sorry, yeah, World War One stuff, stuff.
1: the Great War, right? All that stuff was great. Totally liked it. Chris Pine, their chemistry, the fact that he never took the spotlight from her—good. They really doubled down on a female character, and they did it right in so many ways.
0: Mm -hmm. Chris Pine's a great
1: actor. Okay, literally, the whole ending was the worst. The ending, the more I think about it, the more I hate
0: the ending. What do you not like about it?
1: Okay, this is, is the
0: sp- Snyderish for one.
1: Yeah, this is the spoiler that Okay. She thinks that she's going to hunt down Ares, the god of war, who's causing all this, and once she kills him, it'll all end. Okay? All the war World War 1 will end. So she kills a guy that she thinks is Ares, and the movie definitely goes overboard in making you think it's Ares. And then you find out it's not, and you find out who the guy is. And then the ending, you, you're you just sitting there, and it's like, oh, oh, right. It's through the power of love that you have with Chris Pine that seems so artificial and crappy and fake. <laughs> and it, it literally, it's a power of love. So how does it end? It ends with the typical DC fight scene, right? Really yeah. big people
0: throwing stuff, hitting each other, buildings getting destroyed. and you need one to listen to the Garrison and, and like, Leech review. The okay, the well, let me just say this. Thing.
1: And then it ends with... This totally weird, anyway. It's like, I'm going to hit you with all my power. And, oh, look, you just collected all your power, all my power, and just shot it back at me, and now I'm dead. Okay, like it's like Superman in Man of Steel, where yeah. he's like, I'm fighting you and punching you as hard as I can through buildings and laser beam my balls and all this stuff. And then it's like, well, I'm going to have to break your neck now. And it's like, what? You should have done that 20 minutes ago. How did your punches not break his ribs? How are you breaking his neck? Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then sure. her, she gets hit. She gets hit with all of his rage and energy. And she just collects it and looks at her hands and then aims her hands at him and then beam of energy weapon thing kills him. Done. Boom.
0: So I don't read a lot of comic books, but you do. Do they fight a lot in comic books? Yes. Like, is is the majority of them just, just, just people just, like, beating the crap out of each other? Yes. So, I mean, but, that like, because it seems to me that the problem with a lot of comic book movies is that they just fight too much to the point where it's like, well, like, not everything has to end in a fight. Yeah, it does. You know, but that's, that's what <laughs> That's why was. they have
1: muscles <laughs> and boobies.
0: <laughs> you, okay, you you know what? Um, one thing that I really did that I really did like is they could have made that very hypersexualized, like you know, her outfit, all of the chicks on yeah. the island, like, and they didn't, and I love that. Yeah, like I really enjoyed the fact that I wasn't tempted, like, to like lust after all of these women in right. this film. It right. was just, it was honestly really relieving
1: and i was surprised and i i
0: i think they did a great the my favorite parts were the parts of them on the island i i think i really cuz i i mean this going to sound weird but i find the 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 first world war to be incredibly interesting oh yeah so i loved like that like opening battlefield and stuff at 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 first and when she crossed through the like no man's um yeah. zone it wasn't completely realistic in terms like what it would have been like to cross that yeah but they got as close as you can get in a film that's you know about a girl from a you know hidden island (laughs) Um, yeah and and i love it yeah and i love it that
1: you got little glimpses of like the mud that was just claiming people and horses and dying people were just everywhere around you as you're marching to the front and people are marching back and you're just like wait what this is this is war I'm walking to a trench, and we haven't moved in a year. And if you listen to mm-hmm. What's-His-Name's Hardcore
0: History over Charles. the... Yep, that yeah. was on my mind so much. I was like, oh. Absolutely. And
1: yeah. and J.R.R. Tolkien, because of his World War I experience, like the whole... Um, the marshes, the dead marshes <laughs> that go right up to Mordor was that mud. And, and they do this one scene that I really liked where uh, there is a horse a couple horses pulling a cart and they were stuck in the mud and they couldn't get out of the mud. And she's like, why are they beating that animal? And it's like, cause they're trying to get it out of the mud. And she's like, well, why don't we help them? And it's like, we don't have time. We have to go. And you would just see people dying because Mm -hmm. they're drowning in mud over the course of 48 hours and no one can get them out. Oh, it's so gross. So gross. Yeah. So the movie did a good job with that. I think I, I, really liked, I liked Chris Pine's character I did not care at all. This is the problem with every superhero movie. You know the superhero is going to win. You know the bad guy's going to die or be arrested, mm-hmm. and so there tends to be this total like crappy
0: villain thing. Like, what's... do you think that Chris Pine is actually dead?
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean the only way he wouldn't be is if it's like the Dark Knight Returns. That's true. I'm just and, saying. And the Dark Knight Returns flying with a nuclear weapon and having three seconds to eject. That's um, so stupid. I know, but the uh, the what was 10 he? seconds. Ah, what was the name of the Marvel movie with the magician dude? Doctor Strange. Yeah, I mean, his, the bad guy was so, like, the really big bad guy. Uh, Dormammu, so stupid. So stupid. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't care. He didn't care about
0: any of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I think, do you think that, okay, so now we're back, and we're, and we're not going to spoil anything, but oh. do you think we're at the end of, is this the end of, like, the comic book movie's run? Nope. Like it's as nope. good as it's, as I mean, okay. So not, okay. Not the end of it happening. Cause they're going to keep pumping out these films yeah, for good another 10, 10 years at least. But do you think we're, cause like for the most part, these films have been pretty good. Yeah. The yeah. only, there's only a handful of the, you know, 20 big movies like this that have come out in the past. Like let's go 80, actually almost 10 years now that have been truly awful. They've all been the, the DC movies for the most part. <laughs> Thor like are, two, uh, I don't know. Yeah, see, Thor two. Yeah, I mean, but like, if if um you were to like look at all of the Marvel movies, they've they're they've got a great they have a yeah great batting average. I mean, they're probably batting like eight hundred. or So like, you know, it's only that like one off film that's like you know not as good. Mm-hmm. But I think. I don't know. So, but like when, but uh, somehow at some point time.
1: somehow Baywatch has to be incorporated into the Marvel universe.
0: <laughs> but like when does it, like when does it end though? Like when does it stop being good or interesting?
1: I'm going to tell you something, Luke. I'm going to bring back something you said to me. Some movie came out. Maybe it was Avengers two, and you sent me a text message. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And I said, or your, your text message said. I don't know. I mean, when is buildings blowing up going to get old? And I said, (laughs) Luke, never. It will never get old, right? (laughs) That's the reality. We've been watching the same damn movie. Since
0: 1995. And in (laughs) no way
1: is this depressing.
0: (laughs) But that's what I liked about about the Civil War film is oh, yeah. that for the oh, most yeah. part it is pretty different it's only one two buildings blow, but it's not even the whole block it's just a building <laughs> you know it's the drama of the characters but that, also but, but
1: it, that building was the triskelion so it was more like three buildings plus three aircraft carrier floaty battleship thingies
0: no that's not in civil war do those things
1: pull up oh civil war civil war I was thinking so, um uh, the soldier
0: one. yeah no, no but but you know but like that also took like eight movies to earn that. Yeah. 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 You have a movie where it's just iron. And because that's actually the, the thing that's great about that. And then I want to tie into what I really want to, to, to talk about is it's such a, it's and like age of Ultron has this as well, but you really Joss Whedon kind of, there was too much packed in there. So it was kind of hidden. It's extremely nuanced and it, and it's um, and that's what makes it so good. Cause if you understand those nuances, it's a, it's phenomenal. And that's why I hope that for which movie in so that's what I, that's how I feel about Age of Ultron, but especially true for I, I I think that makes Age of Ultron good, but it's what makes it's what makes um, all of the Civil War movie fan, fantastic. I think is all of the nuances.
1: You know what I loved about Civil War everything except the ending. Yeah, I thought the ending was great. I love the fight scene. Again, superheroes punching it out. I love that. I love the fight scene between Iron Man. But the whole plot was so ridiculous to get them to fight each other. See, but... Uh, the, the uh, It was uh, ridiculous. It's no, this guy so. staging, blowing up the UN so that this would happen, and then this would happen. And then there's like literally a 50-chain link thing of no, a series of events in order to get... Iron Man and uh, Captain America to punch each other in the face at that
0: location. Come on, I don't. I think he's. Just, I think he's just. Do, yeah. I mean, uh, okay. I, I will give you that, <laughs> but it's still interesting. Like I like you see the how exhausted Iron Man is with just the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you just see how much he's just like I can't. He cannot take any of it any anymore. And he just is he's it just gets down to the fact that his, he feels like his life is awful because of these things that have happened. Like he's just angry that his mom is dead. You know, I that's why, like, I like love the line where he says, I, oh, I don't care. He killed, killed my mom. mom. Yeah. You know, and he just he's just like, I'm, you know, he he hurt. Because, like, like, you know, because it, it's what he experiences in Age of Ultron is all right there. Like it's all it's all in his face, and he gets and he, you know, he's lost like Pepper, and he knows that the end is, like, he knows what's about to come, like bad things that he can't stop, yeah. are happening, and that's in the back of his mind. But he's also just like, he doesn't have anything else to give.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Now, what did you want to talk about tonight? Okay, so I wanted to talk about Infinity Wars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think if you were to ask me... Hey Luke, hey Luke, what's the point of the MCU, the
1: Marvel Cinematic Universe?
0: I would say, mm, that's a very good question, Gomer. I would say that it's purpose. Oh, tell me more! So, if you recall, what does the, uh, like Loki go on and on about in the first Avengers...
1: Our father loved you more than me.
0: Our father
1: loved you more than me.
0: He, said, than me. he says, uh, he actually has like one line which says, I've been burdened with glorious purpose. And he says that all of like humanity is built to be, their, their whole point is to be enslaved. Yeah, yeah. Now, really quick. Have you read the comic Infinity Gauntlet? Yes. Can you explain to the kids in one minute what that is the infinity gauntlet is a
1: big golden glove that the once all six infinity stones are united into the gauntlet the wearer of said gauntlet basically takes the place of god by being all powerful and all that stuff so they control the soul the mind matter all that time space everything 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 everything. Yeah, and the purpose of the Infinity Gauntlet series is the big bad, Thanos, gets the gauntlet and then becomes God because he's desperately in love with death. Death is a being who's personified. And so he gets the gauntlet and then wipes out most of creation because death is pissed off that on average nowadays because of medicine and galactic advances more people are alive than dying and she feels it's an injustice and so he just starts slaughtering nations with just a twinkle of his eye not in nations but planets and with, in order to win her stab of a finger yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We kills just, half of humanity. yeah well he kills half of the universe and yeah so i'm, I'm sorry yeah universe, yeah galactic scale universal scale bitches so um, <laughs> so he does this and then and you know how the infinity gauntlet wars end in the comic books Uh, vaguely. The same way everything ends. A bunch of powerful beings with six-pack abs... Either raising their hand and energy coming out of their hands or out of their eyeballs. I love it. It's like, this is time. This is eternity and infinity. The very personifications of space and time. And, oh, look, they're shooting rays out of their eyeballs. Okay, that's how it's. And then, oh, look, this is the great tribunal, the living tribunal. And he has multiple heads to tug. Oh, he's shooting laser beams. Okay, that's it. A... Oh, here's, here's Mr. Fantastic. Oh, he's got lasers. Okay, everyone's got lasers. Oh, here's Iron Man. Oh, he's shooting the repulsors. Okay, gotcha.
0: So, anyways, um, one of the things that really hit me from that comic was there's this one pain with his face, and it's and he basically he's like nihilist because it says I'm trying to remember how it goes, but the only thing that matters is like nihilism, and it's his face, and it says that. And in 20 seconds, how would you ex- how would you explain like nihilism?
1: There is no meaning. There is no ultimate ultimate purpose. The only existence is the existence that you literally create for yourself. There is no meaning, therefore, even the meaning that you create for yourself is nothing. It's no thing. Create it for yourself while you got the time, and then you die in your worm food. Your worm food, and uh, the guy from uh, Big Lebowski is gonna throw a bowling ball
0: in your stomach. So, would you say the only thing that like really matters, Not really matters for analysts, but um, is like death. not yeah. nothing like death matters, but it's just kind of like the most. Yeah. that's why I think he's obsessed with like death. Yeah. 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 Cause it's like, that's the only thing that has any sort of true like meaning or like a lasting effect. So if you take that, compare that with like the first, um, how he's obsessed with like purpose. And I think you can, I think you can trace that idea of like, why am I here? What's the point of all of this throughout the majority of yeah. the Marvel films? I think that's what the like upcoming, um, what, what the, I don't know if it's a one film or the, two films um so but that's i think it's going to be about that
1: bishop Barron had his review of avengers 2 and i think i want to say that they took it down because there was one day where i was like i want to try to find it cuz i i disagreed with elements of it but he still brought up some interesting things which was uh joss wheaton's atheism was written throughout the movie and it was his mm-hmm. heroic atheism right and so it's like you know you stare into the abyss uh, you know smiling or whatever um but there's a notion of like these these avengers you remember the ending scene where there's like the statue of the avengers
0: yeah and the yeah. camera
1: just weaves throughout it which was weird he's like this is like that was weird yeah he's like this is like a heroic idol uh, uh you know not like a literal idol, but like these like these statues of heroes so like yeah, yeah, but or... but but heroes in terms of like Greek myth type stuff and mm-hmm. you know they go and they dared great things and achieve great things but like the creation of the um of uh, the vision right the robot dude his whole thing what Bishop Barron was he really drove into this whole thing where cuz when the vision first I, I think became conscious or whatever he said I am right and for him that was like Josh Wheaton's atheism coming out drawing on these biblical narratives, but being like, but this is the work of our hands. That's why he's, it," you know, and all this. So so he drew some, like, really interesting parallels with hardcore materialist atheism and Avengers 2. Like, that was his take. But then I think they took down the video because it was a negative review of a very positive movie. That's my, I don't know.
0: So, but... uh... Oh, sorry. I thought you had. Uh, so no, nope, I'm done. That's interesting. No, but I, I, I just think that, Um, I mean, I would, uh, that, that's actually very interesting. But I think, because you don't really get that as much with Age of Ultron, but you do get this, they all have like a motivation. And, and I'm not trying to say that that is their purpose, which is to be like motivated, but like, but you know, this is actually more in the Civil War uh, film. Like, when he says, like, isn't that the point? So we don't have to do this anymore. Aren't we, aren't we, are, aren't we doing this, you know, to make the world like it? Cause they're really trying like, they're trying to, to wrestle with not just the, how we go about doing this, but like, why are we doing this? What's the end game here? Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, so I, 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 I just think they're. I, I think they're going for a pretty profound thing, which could be what's the point of existence within the yeah yeah so yeah. I mean so I, I'm 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 really hoping that they take that route. I feel like it's going towards that because I've heard that they're going to stick relatively close to the comic for uh, all um, of his motivation for for all of um, all like Thanos' his motivation for wanting the Gauntlet. That was all. I just thought it was interesting. I'm trying to unpack it still. Yeah, right now I found um, that was really cool, Luke. Thank you.
1: Yeah, look, that was really cool. Uh it's really interesting because I just I Googled uh for it. And there's one that says Power in a Pause. I think that's the name of the website, haunted by He said, How Father Robert Barron, not just Wheaton, made the vision into an atheist and uh, he said that Avengers Age of Ultron, Father Barron declared it a Nietzschean parable. Director Joss Whedon is a proud atheist, and of course when an artist does their job properly, they do embed in their work an imprint of themselves to varying degrees, and he linked to it, and so I just went to it, and uh, yeah, he says, oh good, I remembered it right. Father Barron's central tenet, the point upon which his entire argument rests, is that vision upon erupting into existence, and being asked for his name replies, I am. And then he points out, blah blah blah, like you know, he's taking over something good. Bishop Baron says, uh, okay. So this is why he calls him, uh, Nietzschean, right? So at one point, Ultron uses the phrase, what does not kill me makes me stronger. Um, and that, uh, with the death of God, uh, that we are beyond good and evil. That's essentially the nihilism of it. And so that the Superman will walk into that space beyond good and evil and get rid of religion and conventional morality in order to assert his will to power and effectively become a god. And so he says, um, basically, with through technology and hyperviolence and blah, 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 he says... And the most remarkable instance of this technologically informed self-assertion is the creation of the savior figure who self-identifies with the very words of Yahweh in the book of Exodus. But he is not the word become flesh. Instead, he is the coming together of flesh and robotics produced by the flexing of it all to human will to power. I find it fascinating that this pseudo-savior was brought about by players, and this is the cool part, on both sides of the divide, both by Iron Man and Ultron. Like Mm. Nietzsche's Superman, he's indeed beyond good and evil which is precisely why he cannot definitively solve the problems that bedevil the human race and can only glumly predict the eternal return of trouble. Uh,
0: yeah. That's actually really interesting. Right. And then that's he says, Because he's right. so,
1: yeah. And then he says, If you have any doubts about the Nietzschean intention of Joss Whedon, take a good look at the image that plays as the Avengers comes to a close. It is a neoclassical sculpture of all the major figures in the film locked in struggle, straining against one another. It is in complete conformity with the aesthetic flavor by Albert Speer, Lenny Rivierschow, and other artists of the Nazi period. Meaning that they were proponents
0: of Nietzsche and the will to power. Hmm. hmm. But see, here's the thing, though. Yes. Joss uh, Joss Whedon is not involved anymore, which does kind of bum me out, because I, I, he's a phenomenal, he's a just a really great writer. Yeah. Um, it's the Rousseau brothers and it's ultimately Kevin Feige. And there's a lot of, uh, Christ images in the civil war film. Yeah. Like you could really, so I, I, I I'm not trying to say it's going to be this like extremely, I'm a guy, I mean, I hate this term. So I, I don't think the film is going to be like, isn't Christ great. You know, I don't think that's how any of, <laughs> um, that's a good point. Infinity Wars is going to go, but I I think there's going to be... Wouldn't it be awesome
1: if Thanos is destroying the universe, and Christ just comes back, and that is, like, literally the apocalypse? He's like, what, (laughs) do you think it's going to come any other way? This guy is clearly acting like me. He thinks he's the the God-Messiah figure. Don't worry, guys, I got this.
0: Thanos is the Antichrist. (laughs) (laughs) Lasers coming from my hands now He's gone. Jesus. Uh... Yeah, no, anyways, I just, I'm just i just very, I think it's going to be very good. I'm so excited for that film, I can't even, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, and this guy's rebuttal, can I tell you what the guy's
1: rebuttal to Bishop Barron or Father Barron? Then it was Father Barrett. Uh He said, the reason why uh, the vision, he's not setting himself up, and neither is Joss Wheaton as a messiah or god. He's not even saying, I am. He's saying, I am dot dot dot, meaning... I don't know who I am. I don't have a name. I just came into existence. He's not saying like I am who I am. He's like I am, uh... and then he stops talking. And so that's that's this guy's rebuttal. He's like, listen, no, he's not doing this. The whole point of the vision is he's utter. He was created to destroy, but he doesn't want to. He said, and so in Avengers number fifty-seven. When he says, who are you, fella? Hawkeye says that. Vision says, you do not need to believe me, Archer, but in truth, I do not know. What is my name? I don't know. You think I'm a child of Ultra. You're not?
0: I'm not Ultra. I'm not Jarvis. I, I am. But see, that gets, uh, well... I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this just with in the movies, but th- that's a good point though. It, I think I really do think you're gonna be about what's your purpose. Mm. I re- I really think it's gonna be the overall motif of everything. Yeah. It's there. I'm just saying. Huh.
1: Huh. Hire me, Marvel. Hire me, Marvel. Oh
0: shit! How am I gonna edit this? <laughs> <laughs> Was that even remotely interesting to anyone?
1: I don't know, I don't know can, can we let's can talk about do you have a few more minutes or no?
0: do you have to go oh sure. Yeah, no no i'm I'm just more concerned about you because're you, got. To, oh, it's gonna be the last episode with a refrigerator. oh, the refrigerator we'll you just, heartless enjoy this we just enjoy this we'll just enjoy it before we get all professional and cool sounding <laughs> the refrigerator this is the background of uh, so many episodes
1: I know I know. You're done, refrigerator. Yeah, done.
0: I wish I lived in Texas so we could work out in your in your garage and be fun.
1: Oh man, I would not do that
0: with you. Why? Because I'm too embarrassed. But we're but dude. We slept in the same room for years. <laughs> we slept together we slept with me in the same bed on on the night before I got married.
1: That's true. That's true. Several nights before you got married, <laughs> and then one night. Of your marriage. That was weird. I was like, Aaron,
0: go to the couch. (laughs) Luke, Aaron, (laughs) Luke. (laughs) Aaron, while I'm in town, uh, me and Luke really need to be able to sleep in the same room. Is that going to be a problem? (laughs) Is that going to be a problem? (laughs) And can you get us a CD player to play this CD on? That'd be great? (laughs) (laughs) Am I I alone in here? Inside jokes get us two-star reviews.
1: Oh so I'm ordering uh so I bought a book today. Uh it's what? called The Way. Are you ready for this? The Way of the Warrior Kid. Mm. No, it's weird. It's written by a Navy SEAL. Oh uh, I'm a little tired of that stuff, but go on. I know, I know, I know. But it's written by a Navy SEAL. And I've already I love people who are in the seals, I'm not trying to bash that. No, but just, there is like a whole bunch I, of books all right now that are like a Navy SEAL tells you how to do uh content management, you know, it's like everything. Like, oh, like, I'm a SEAL, I know business, yeah. Well, that I mean, that's this guy he was a New York bestselling author with his extreme <laughs> ownership. Um, so they
0: all, oh, well, the, so he is, is, is the same guy who wrote Extreme, yeah, ownership. See, I like that idea, yeah, I really do. I think well, that was his I, book,
1: I, that was his New York Times bestselling book, so he followed it up with a book for children about getting stronger, and it's for grades like 3 to 9 or 3 to 7. And sure. it's literally, I listened to it twice already today. I put it on double speed and then on triple speed, and I listened to it all. And it's super interesting because the, whole, the subtitle is From Wimp to Warrior or something like that. And it's about taking a kid who says, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, who lies and makes up excuses, and then his uncle, who's a Navy SEAL or a former Navy SEAL, comes to live with him, and in three months he's doing all the things because he trains him like a dog, right? And so the whole importance of this book is you're supposed to read this with your kid and be like, all right, so if you want to live a strong, healthy, determined, disciplined, and free life, you have to do this. And the first thing he says is you have to wake up before the sun. You know, like, that's the bare minimum of what you have to do. Hmm. But I love
0: sleep. It's true.
1: And dreaming of eating cheeseburgers.
0: Yeah, I, dude, I'm having the hardest time staying on this ketogenic diet. He says while drinking a beer. Yeah, I haven't touched beer, man. Oops. Yeah, I love beer so much.
1: I do, too. I do, too. Okay, so I need to revise this. I was with my dad on Katiri's birthday at my parents' brand-new swimming pool. Which may or may not have been awesome. And uh...
0: <laughs> thanks, mom and dad. Out of the way, kids.
1: <laughs> belly flop. I literally belly flopped because I thought it'd be funny. And I God, smacked my jaw man. on the. I was like, someone <gasps> just punched me in the face, and it was a swimming pool. But uh, yeah, man, I had a, I had a Michelob Ultra because that's the beer my dad drinks because he's sad. <laughs> Michelob. Michelob Ultra. I love you, Dad. I feel like I feel like it would. That Michelob Ultra was like, I'm fine with carbs. Like, it has as much carbohydrate as an egg because it's not real beer, right? It's like nothing.
0: <laughs> I wonder if it gets you drunk. It does. It'll get you drunk. All right. Mm. Dude, you've got to edit this. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> this back. is funny. All right everyone uh please give us a review and and a rating on iTunes how people find our beautiful podcast here if you want to help us uh create more great content get better e- equipment and well not like my brand new microphone uh you can for the very small amount of $2 per month or like we do have like other levels and you get tons of cool stuff hey um, how about this how about this everyone out there that hasn't already donated
1: go on patreon.com slash cf and donate two dollars that's it two dollars a month that's it if you do that
0: amazing crap yeah
1: we can crazy. have
0: amazing stuff
1: we can we can we can quit our jobs well i can you still have to save up you your crappy down but i'll quit my job i'll move to mexico with or without my family doesn't matter and i will you will open up catching fox's studio producing the most amazing youtube content that that catholic couple could only dream of <laughs> take that to no, but, crunch
0: <laughs> yeah uh no but it really does uh help us out so dot yeah. uh, com slash cf patreon.com slash cf uh, thank you to everyone who does you guys mean the world yeah to us thank you for being part of um, our family
1: and also thanks to lumabox for sponsoring this episode yeah. once again lumabox.co slash catching foxes if you enter in all one word catching foxes into the uh, checkout you'll get 10 percent off i encourage you just to do just go there go to that page so they can see the hit on that page and if you go to our website catching foxes.fm a lot of people still don't know that this is our new website it's killing me CatchingFoxes.fm.
0: Do you his Facebook post?
1: No, I got a, a woman sent me an email. It's like, I know you haven't done your podcast in several months since Leah Darrow, but and I'm like, oh, would you please just subscribe via an app? But CatchingFoxes.fm. You can see all the show notes on CatchingFoxes.fm. Plus, our sponsor. You click the sponsor, it goes right to the page. It's beautiful. Visit it because that lets them know you came to them from us. So uh, Luke is at the Luke Lee. I'm at lay evangelist this has been catching foxes and i'm gonna edit the shit out of this tonight thursday 10:52 p.m
0: i have You're until
1: up, 2 a.m and then i'm going to bed I, dude i love you hey i love you too and i want to make love to you that's called sodomy